Hey guys, it's Timmy, and this is Wrestling Unlimited, as we are here on the 10th of September, 2021, to talk about everything that went down tonight on both Friday Night SmackDown and AEW Rampage. Now, one show was significantly better than the other. I'm just going to say that right now. Rampage had one good match, and the rest of the show was just there. SmackDown, on the other hand... Oh boy. Oh boy, was that show good. So we're going to review that one second. We're going to review Rampage. And then we'll review SmackDown. Because I want to give SmackDown time. Not saying I'm going to rush through talking about Rampage. But we're going to skim it. Because I thought, okay, from what I heard from the spoilers, I thought the show was going to be a lot better than it was. But all this was was Andrade Pack. And that match wasn't even... I don't know if maybe Andrade Pack was better for the live crowd, but it came off as a really, really good match. But the people that were there live said this match was great. This was like a classic, but it didn't come off that good to me. And we'll get into that here in a moment as I get the poll going. What did you think of tonight's rampage? And sorry if I sound a little off. My nose has been congested all day. I don't know if you were able to tell in any of my videos today. I was able to notice it, but I also knew what. I liked it. I didn't. Oh. It was all right. I I didn't like it. All right. We got the poll live on Twitch. Throw the same poll up on YouTube. I liked it. It was all right. I didn't like it. All right. Got the poll live on both platforms. And with that, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And Twitter.com forward slash PW Unlimited. Remember, if you are watching on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out in the live chat or by hitting that donate button down below. But if you're watching live, you can donate Twitch bits. Also, remember on Twitch, you can subscribe to the channel and it's September. What does that mean? It means you guys get 20% off of your subscription in September, but we here at the creators and the live streamers still get the full benefits. We still get everything we get even if you're paying a normal rate for for the sub. September, they give you 20% off, but we still get it all. We still get everything we're supposed to make, and that's great for Twitch that they do that. They let the subscribers subscribe at a discounted rate, but they're not going to screw their 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 streamers and their, their creators, I guess you can call them. And with that, if you say, oh, that's cool and all, but I don't want to give you real money, well, that's fine, because you could just link your Amazon account to your Twitch account, and if you got Twitch, you got Amazon Prime, then you got Twitch Prime or Prime Gaming, whatever they call it now. And if you say, I don't got that either, well, you got to know someone that does, whether your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother, your auntie, your uncle, the girl that walks your dog, the guy that washed your car at the Jiffy Lube earlier. Got to ask them, hey, you got Amazon Prime? Yeah, you link it to a Twitch account? No, can I? But on the flip side, if you're watching over on, hold on one second, Fonzie, I don't know what you're talking about. 
Elaborate. He says, are you still losing your shit from yesterday? What happened yesterday? I'm drawing a blank. Anyways, if you're watching on YouTube, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can help us out in the live chat with a super chat or a super sticker donation. Also, remember, you can subscribe to the channel as a channel member and get early access to news, early access to <clears throat> podcast episodes, early access to non-news videos, and so much more. Plus, always remember, you can support us, patreon.com forward slash Unlimited. But with that, throw this TV remote over there. Don't need that on my desk. But with that, let's talk about Rampage. Rampage, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, Fonzie says the PlayStation Showcase. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So, uh, not only... We're going we're gonna to get off topic here for just a second. I'm about to get nerdy. <clears throat> not only did PlayStation tell us Spider-Man 2, the sequel to my all-time favorite game, is coming in 2023, but the same studio, Insomniac, and the team that made Spider-Man Miles Morales is making a Wolverine game. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And... Not only did we see all of that, but they also showed us actual gameplay of God of War Ragnarok. They didn't just show a bunch of footage and be like, oh yeah, it's all pre-alpha footage, or oh yeah, this is all cinematic stuff. No, they showed us, captured on a PS5, God of War Ragnarok. We saw Kratos. We saw Atreus. We saw Thor. We saw their version of Thor. Just saying. Amazing. PlayStation killed it yesterday. The show started off a little slow. It's all death loop for the 50,000th time. But then when they said, yeah, that stuff's all well and good, but here's what you get exclusively on PlayStation. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Xbox people got to be shitting themselves going, Final, we can't we play we can't play Spider-Man, but shit, now we can't play this Wolverine game either. Nope. Exclusive to PlayStation, Spider-Man Wolverine. Oh, and they're remaking KOTOR, Knights of the Old Republic, and at the time exclusive on PlayStation as well. But enough of me nerding out. Let's talk about AEW Dynamite. Since I already says, yeah, Sonic bro. Sonic's all well and good. I'll play the Sonic games if I've got nothing else to play, but, but, <laughs> but with that, also Warm, Warm Hedgehog says, are you excited for Gran Turismo 7? Oh, you don't even know what Gran Turismo means to my family. Trust me. You don't even know what the Gran Turismo series means to my family, especially Gran Turismo 2 and 3. Growing up, oh my God, me, my dad, my brother, my neighbor, my neighbor's dad, just always. Gran Turismo 2 with the two discs on PlayStation 1, you got simulation mode on one disc, you got arcade mode on the other disc. Then you get a piece of PlayStation 2, no, PlayStation 3. You start playing Gran Turismo on that, and you go, holy crap, I didn't know a racing game can be this good. Gran Turismo games are the standard bearer of racing games. There is no racing franchise better than Gran Turismo games. And when Gran Turismo 3 A-Spec came out, 
holy crap, did that change everything? Because we played a lot of Gran Turismo 2. And we're like, okay, this is cool. This is fun on PlayStation 1. A lot of Gran Turismo 2. But then when we got a PS2 and Gran Turismo 3 A-Spec came out, oh my God, that changed the game. But yeah, Gran Turismo, that series means a lot to my family. Like me and my brother and my dad and the neighbors growing up and stuff played that game all the time together. But enough of that. Did I say Dynamite? I meant Rampage Chase. I apologize. That's how much that this show really meant to me other than this opening match. <clears throat> uh, one final video game thing. Since Saturday has a good question. He says, what are your thoughts on WW2K22 bringing back GM mode? Well, it's only a rumor right now. I trusted the source that put that news out there. But again, we haven't seen a GM mode in a WWE game in a very long time. So I'm going to be skeptic Excuse me. skeptical. Until 2K themselves actually shows us something. Because it could be great. But maybe they don't need to get that ambitious yet. Maybe they need to just fix what they couldn't do in 2K20. And then with 2K22, give us a game that works and that's pretty good. And then 2K23, give us a game with GM mode. They may be getting a little too ambitious for their britches or maybe... Maybe adding extra stuff like that is why they've pushed the game back to to March. We'll see. Again, I'm going to be skeptical till I see stuff from them. But with that, we've got AEW Rampage to talk about. Chase Douglas. Chase Douglas says, have you played another game, racing game called Mario Kart? Yes, I've played all the Mario Kart games. And again, that is an arcade racing game. But when you talk about simulation racing games, which are, to me, real racing games, you don't get better than Gran Turismo. Forza tries, and they got really cool stuff, especially Forza Horizon and what they do with that. November 11th, Forza Horizon 5. You could preload now on your Xbox or PC with Game Pass, not an ad. Anyways, they do great. Xbox is great with Forza. But you can't compare any racing game to Gran Turismo. They're so realistic. I know people that say that they're better than some of the million-dollar racing simulators that professional racers use. Just saying. Anyways. Anyways. Hold on. Thomas, were you at, you were at SmackDown? Thomas says he was at SmackDown. It looks like I uh, just got back from the garden. Friday night SmackDown. Awesome, Thomas. Let's read some of them. Well, actually, Thomas, save that. I'll read your comments once we get to SmackDown. But awesome that we have someone here that was there live because he, I already see he's got some things to say about Cena. So we'll talk about that here once we finish up with Rampage because I'm, I'm rambling now. We're 20 minutes into this thing. No, 12 minutes into this thing. But with that, they don't even waste any time. They play the opening of Rampage and boom. Andrade, or as Tony Schiavone likes to call him, Andre and Pac are already in the ring. And that cracks me up every time. And Andre Alidolo, Andre Alidolo. He said Andre when he was previewing Rampage on Wednesday, then which was still technically Wednesday, Tonight's show, 
called him Andre again after the match. And I think he said it once or twice during the match as well. But match started immediately. Like they were already in the ring when the show started. Justin Roberts did the introductions and we were underway with a stare down. Both men exchanged forearms. Andrade won the exchange and tried a side headlock, but Pac broke free. Andrade then caught Pac with a shotgun dropkick and did the El, the El Tranquilo pose. The crowd got behind Pac here and did a Let's Go Pac chant. Andrade uh, and Pac caught Andrade with an arm drag and a, a Rana. Andrade then dropped to the floor and Pac nailed a Tope Con Hio. Pac wiped out Alidolo in the barricade a couple of times and then tossed him back into the ring. Pac with a good dive, but not a Montez dive. Cool. Well, at Montez Ford dive tonight, anyways. Um, Pac worked over Andrade with some hard chops in the corner and a chin lock on the mat. Andrade worked his way out of the chin lock and caught Pac with a big boot against the ropes. Andrade then hit a springboard over the ropes and grabbed Pac's head into a DDT on the ring apron. This is a cool little move here. I really enjoyed this shot. This little, this little spot here. Pack fell to the floor, and Andrade followed this up with the springboard plancha. Crowd chanted, this is awesome. And they were right, because at this point, this match was getting really, really good. <coughs> Both men battled uh, up to the top rope. Pack fell back. Hangman, or hanging, I don't know why I read hangman, my dyslexic kicking in there. Pack fell back. Hanging from his knees on the top rope. Andrade jumped off the top and did the double foot stomp. The Andrade moved to Pac's chest. And with both men on the floor, the show went to a quick break. Back from the break, Andrade hit a springboard moonsault, almost RVD style split-legged, and got a two off of it. Andrade positioned Pac on the middle rope and set her for an electric chair drop, but Pac countered into a super rana. Pac then came back with a massive pump kick, and Andrade responded with a clothesline. Pack returned with a spring uh, super kick, and both guys were down for a moment. Andrade got to the outside, where Pack exchanged some for he and Pack exchanged forearms. After both guys sold on the floor for a bit, going at it back and forth, Pack threw Olidolo back into the ring. Uh, he then came off with a 450 splash. Pack went for the cover, and Andrade made it to the ropes, but barely. This is a good little spot here. Pack drug him into the, the corner and went for went to the top for the black arrow. But Andrade hit a German suplex. Pack went for a springboard, and Andrade caught him in a fireman's carry, and Pack countered into a brutalizer. Jose. I didn't even know that was his name until they said it tonight, but Jose jumped up on the apron. Distracting the referee and whatnot. As Pac's got the Brutalizer on, Chavo jumps in, and I guess he hits Pac with the iPad. I didn't notice that at first. I thought it was a forearm shot or something until I think it was Tony Schiavone mentioned it after the match that he hit with the iPad. But that then led to Alidolo rolling him up, Pac that is, and picking up the victory. Excellent match with a super shitty finish. And as good as SmackDown was, their main event was the same. Excellent match with a super shitty finish. So after the match, Jose told Andrade what happened. The Chavo interfered and helped him. So you would think, okay, whatever. He ain't going to care. The heel's not going to care that he got outside interference help. 
But no, he actually got mad at Chavo and decked him, leaving him laying and walking off. Now, I've got a theory on this. What if they've done all these different things with Andrade? He had Vicky, then he had Chavo. Does he need somebody? Maybe. He needs a mouthpiece. I will say that. He does need a mouthpiece because his English is passable, but not great. But what if? What if? He dumps Chavo and brings in the nature boy, Ric Flair, his future father-in-law. How great would that be? How great would that be? Bring in Ric Flair to AEW, pair him with Andrade. They're technically almost, if not already, considering each other family. But here's the question. Does Rick mess up and call him Manny? Because we've heard in interviews and stuff, he's like, oh yeah, Manny's great over there in AEW, and Manny this, and Manny that. Does he accidentally call him Manny? I don't know, we'll see. Just a theory that I had, that maybe he dumps Chavo and brings in old nature boy, Ric Flair. Uh, Warm Hedgehog says, what about Charlotte Flair going to AEW? Can't comment on that, because there is no news on that. Because we don't know when her contract is up with WWE. Could have signed a new one last year. She could have signed a new one in 2019. Regardless, whatever deal she's on right now, she's got six months added to it for what she missed last year. So, yeah. Because she's not one that's going to say, oh, she's not one that if she were to say, I want my release, they're going to say yes. No, they're not. They will not let her go unless she gets herself out of there as far as not letting her contract. Um, letting If she lets her contract expire, then she can leave. That's the only way. But... We don't know when her contract is up. So going forward, Sting and Darby were interviewed by Shivani, Tony Shivani. Tony interviewed them, and Allen called out Spears. The Spears will be nothing without Tully. He called them, I think he called them instant. Hold on, hold on. What did he call them? He said, it was actually kind of funny, the line's, Darby used. I didn't write it in my notes, but I think I know who tweeted about it. Mm, maybe I don't have that tweet. Huh. I thought I had the tweet of what Darby said. I guess I don't. Anyways. Not too important. Sting called out Tully, and Tully responded from the stage. While Blanchard distracted Sting from the entrance ramp, Sean Spears would sneak in from behind, pulled Allen out of the ring, and hit him with a Death Valley driver on the on the floor. Cool. Maybe we get Sting and Darby against Tully and Spears. That'd be all right. That'd be all right. Next up, they did a little video package with Adam Cole and Brian Danielson. Pre-taped backstage kind of helio. Excuse me. They both just talked about coming into the company. What the Adam Cole talked about what the elite means. He said that the elite were a bunch of top-tier guys all coming together to show why they're the best. He said he trusts the Young Bucks. He trusts Kenny Omega, and they trust him. Remember that. He trusts them, and they trust him. I'm still adamant on my point 
on my point that I think Adam Cole eventually turns on them to challenge Kenny for the title. I think that's the big picture for you right now. Kenny and Adam for the title. Adam Cole beats Kenny Omega for the belt. I know everyone wants it to be Hangman, but no. I think it's going to be I think it's going to be Adam Cole. I don't know. I, there's just something here that makes me think that he's trying to get in good with these guys, which he's already done, to eventually say, hey, you, guys are, you guys are fools. You guys are fools. I was never wanting to be with you. You guys killed me and left me to dead for four years. You guys abandoned me. And you think I'm just going to come back open arms? Oh, you've got another thing coming. And then, as we saw this past Wednesday, he was Adam Cole Kuki Elite with the way he's overusing Bebe already. Like, I'm going to say that right now. He's like, it's story time with Adam Cole, Bebe. And then he says something else, Bebe. And then, then the whole, get out of my ring, nerd. Hey, nerd. Get out of here, nerd. Like, he's fitting in with the Elite guys perfectly, but I think he's doing this. And, and I could be a thousand percent wrong. But I think he's doing this to get on their good side, to get their guard down, and then eventually go, hey, Kenny, look at me, super kick. I want your belt. Since Saturday says, but they brought him back to life and care about him. But they didn't. He can say, you guys didn't for four years. Four years. You guys didn't even try. Didn't even try. Because they could have. He could have been like, hey, I watched BTE. I saw what you did to bring me back. But it took you four years to even try to do that. Why didn't you try? Even if you were unsuccessful in the past, why didn't you try? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Anyways, Danielson will respond with his own little promo here. That he's looking for his first match in AEW to be against Kenny Omega. But he knows that Kenny's afraid. And Kenny won't respond to his challenge. Maybe he's got to face somebody else first in AEW. He said he's fine with that because there's so many people in this company. There's so many people in this company that are hungry for competition. So next up, also, with the commercial break, the Andrade pack match went 15 minutes, 45 seconds. Someone that was there live told me that they thought it went closer. to. They thought, so, so Alexa, stop. My echo's going off. So, I got a message from somebody that was there live in Cincinnati. And they go, so I watched... So, actually, let me pull the message up. I'm going to read it verbatim. Boom, boom. All right, so this person says, So I watched Rampage tonight, even though I was there on Wednesday. The Andrade Pack match on TV with commercial went 15 minutes and 45 seconds. Yet, in the building, it was more like 17 I wonder what they actually cut. I couldn't tell watching it. Interesting. Very interesting. And maybe that is why when people were talking about the match from the live show, they were giving it so much praise, but then we watch it here on TV, and it seems like a minute and a half or so, if not a little more, was actually cut. <clears throat> so going forward, we had a six-and-a-half-minute six-woman tag. It was Dr. Britt Baker, the AEW Women's Champion, Jamie Hayter and Rebel against Ruby Soho, Chris Statlander and Riho. This match was just all right. Nothing special. And I know people are going to come after me here. 
People are going to come after me here. Ruby ain't looking any great. Ruby's looking no better than Britt. No better than Jamie Hayter. No better than Chris Statlander. And everybody said that, that Ruby Soho's going to come in here and she's going to be leaps and bounds better than all these other women. And she's going to make them better. Maybe in time. But right now, I haven't seen her look any better than a Statlander or a Baker. She's done three matches now. I mean, two if you don't count the Battle Royal. Because the match with Jamie Hayter, and it wasn't just because of Jamie Hayter, wasn't all that great, the Ruby Soho-Jamie Hayter match. But I digress. Baker and Riho started off this tag match, but Statlander quickly tagged in. Statlander got a near fall after a power slam. Riho and Hayter tagged in. Rebel need Riho from the apron as Riho ran the ropes. While the heels worked over Riho, the show went to a break. Back from that break, Soho got the hot tag from Riho and worked over Hayter with forearms and a super kick. Also, forgot to mention, no Jericho on commentary tonight. Very interesting. We know why uh, Excalibur wasn't there, because he's apparently getting ready to get married. But no Jericho. It was funny at one point, I think it was during this match, Tony Schiavone called Taz Excalibur. And he's like, sorry, I looked over and I thought I saw Excalibur. And Taz goes, what? I don't wear a mask. I thought that was pretty funny. I thought that was funny. Taz had a good response there on the cuff. Off the cuff, I mean. Um, Interesting, Fonzie. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that when we get to the SmackDown stuff. Uh, so back from the break, Soho got the hot tag from Riho and worked over Hater with a forearm and a super kick. A takedown got Soho a near fall. Statlander and Soho tried to double team Hater, but she fought out and got a near fall on Statlander after a backbreaker. Uh, the match went on with Rebel tagging in. Shane Hater tried to double suplex on Statlander, but Statlander countered and suplexed both women. Statlander tried to pin Rebel with a roll-up, but Baker came in and broke it up with a Meteora to break the cover. Statlander caught Baker with a suplex. Riho climbed onto Statlander's shoulders, looking to hit a big move on Baker, but Rebel threw herself onto Baker for the save. Like... Rebel will do anything for the doctor. You know that. She's loyal to a fault. So, well, Riho just came off Statlander's shoulders and double-stomped Rebel. Baker then rolled to the floor. Soho hit her finisher on Rebel and picked up the victory. This is all right. Nothing nothing special. Screw ran down everything we know for Dynamite. I actually didn't write that down. Mark Henry conducted a face-to-face -face interview as he does every week with the main event. With Caster and Brian Pillman Jr. Caster will bring Anthony Bowens with them to ringside, but Pillman wants to go it alone. This match also went about six and a half minutes. Again, nothing special. It was just a match. It was just a match. So, let me see here. I, um, It was weird because I'm trying to I'm trying to think if I should even mention this because it might be just a nothing point. But Max Caster tried to do his little rap thing and he tried to say something about Skyline Chili, and Bones like, "Who? Don't say that. You're still on thin ice, Max." And I'm like, "Really, really?" So Pillman wore the Bengals, 
He wore some Bengals-themed gear. And he ran in to attack Caster before the bell even rang. Again, this match makes no sense why they're doing it. They're, they tried to make it seem like there's heat between these two, and if there is, it's got to be on Dark, because I've never seen it on Dynamite. Like, randomly, Max Caster just goes, I talked to Tony Khan, and he gave me a match against you on Rampage. And then I'm like, cool, if I miss something on Dark. Anyways, they tried to play it up like there's been a lot of heat between these guys. I don't know. After the initial flurry from Pillman, Caster did take control. Caster got a near fall after a knee drop. He worked into a cravat, but Pillman worked his way out of it. Bowens distracted Pillman, and Caster caught him with a back suplex. Caster tossed Pillman to the floor, and Bowens worked over Pillman while Caster distracted referee Aubrey Edwards. Back in the ring, Caster charged Pillman in the corner, and Pillman caught him with a boot. Pillman followed this up with a flying forearm and a clothesline. Caster tried to cover. Uh, Caster tried to cover up in the corner, but Pillman whipped him into the other corner and followed it up with a clothesline, a hard, stiff one. Pillman tried to go for a top rope move, but Bowens distracted. Pillman hit Bowens with a top rope crossbody, and as Pillman came back in, Caster caught him with a drop kick. The, the finish of the match came down to Caster tossing Pillman back into the ring, and he went for the mic drop, top rope elbow, but Pillman got out of the way. Pillman then hit Caster with an air Pillman, a springboard, the springboard clothesline, and then got the pinfall. The baby faces went in their hometown, both on Wednesday with Moxley and tonight with um, Pillman on Dynamite. Pillman briefly celebrated with his family in the front row, but Bowens jumped Pillman again. Both members of the Acclaim tried to attack Pillman with their boombox before John Moxley would run out to make the save. The hometown boy celebrated big cheers from the crowd as the show went off the air. So Andrade and Pack was fantastic. Pillman getting a big win in front of his hometown was cool. But other than that, this was just Rampage. Kind of a show that's there. Eh. Whatever. Again, I wasn't too impressed other than that main that, that opening matchup. I really liked it. But the rest of the show was kind of a bore to me, to be completely honest. But with that, guys, I got a little message for you guys because it is Pediatric Cancer Awareness Month. We've teamed up with Wicked Cuts Beef Jerky to help them raise money for the V Foundation and Connor's Cure. Let's talk about that right now. It's Patriotic Cancer Awareness Month, and we here at Pro Wrestling Unlimited have teamed up with Wicked Cuts Jerky to fight the big fight against childhood cancer. Wicked Cuts Jerky is also partnering with WWE, Connor's Cure, and the V Foundation on this critical endeavor. Stephanie McMahon and Paul Triple H Levesque founded Connor's Cure to honor the life of a very special little boy, Connor Malik, an eight-year-old wrestling fan who inspired the universe through his battle with metalloblastoma. Through their partnership with WWE and the V Foundation, Connor's Cure is dedicated to raising funds and supporting the ongoing research in new agents for innovative therapies for kinder treatment and ending patriotic cancer. Over 400,000 children worldwide are diagnosed with cancer every single year. And in the United States, it's the leading cause of death by disease post-infancy. Connor's Cure has teamed up with the Wicked Cuts Jerky Group to create a new flavor of smoked barbecue bacon jerky. All proceeds for the sale of this exclusive flavor will be contributed to the V Foundation and Connor's Cure to ensure the continuation of the research needed 
to help and end childhood cancer. Children are our future. We must fight to ensure that every child has the chance for a bright future full of hope and opportunity. So now you have the opportunity to purchase your own bag of smoked barbecue recipe at www.wickedcuts.com. That's Wicked Cuts with a Z. Remember, every dime of this special flavor does go to end the war of childhood cancer. All right, guys, so head over to wickedcuts.co, buy your bag or bags of their special barbecue recipe flavor and all money of that flavor, which I have a bag right here. It's their special smoked barbecue recipe. Very, very good. Very good. Buy your bag or multiple bags at that. And all the money goes to both the Fee Foundation and Connor's Cure to help the fight against pediatric cancer. But with that, as far as Rampage does go, the Twitch poll, 38% of you liked tonight's Rampage, and 38% of you didn't like tonight's Rampage, with 25% of you thinking it was just all right. As far as the YouTube poll does go, 36% liked the show, 36% thought it was all right, and 29% did not like it. Let's throw up a poll for SmackDown really fast. New poll. What did you think of tonight's SmackDown? I liked it. It was all right. I didn't like it. Polls live on Twitch. Throw the same poll up on YouTube. I liked it. It was all right. <clears throat> I didn't like it. All right. All right. So. Friday Night Smackdown. Oh, boy. Let's get into it. Because I loved this show. Yes. I'm saying I loved a WWE show. But first, I'm going, to read, I'm going to read this from Thomas. He says, In the beginning of the night, SmackDown, when uh, SmackDown, oh, so for the live crowd, Rhea faced Charlotte one-on-one, -on -one, and Charlotte picked up the victory. I heard something about that, but didn't really look into it. He said, Then the main show started, and for the most part, the crowd seemed into the show. After the show, we got two dark matches, which was Happy Corbin, versus Drew McIntyre, and a six-man tag between John Cena, Rey Mysterio, and Dominic against Roman and the Usos, which was a train wreck with just Roman and the Usos doing taunts and beating down Dominic and not letting Cena tag in. But eventually Cena tagged in and pinned either Jimmy, Jimmy or Jay. Not sure for the one, two, three. Okay, give me one second then. I need to send a goddamn tweet. Because there's someone, when I talked about how this is probably what's going to happen, because I go, oh, the dark match is this. This is probably all Cena's going to... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Cena teamed with the Mysterios to take on the Bloodline tonight in the... Second 
dark match. All right. So I saw Thomas said something else as well. Um, I'm sure read more of Thomas's comments really fast. Since he was there live, it's always great to get a live perspective of the show. Um, he said, John Cena main event was a little crappy, unfortunately. He said, I'm not even joking. The whole Dark Cena match was a six-man, and Dominic was just getting beat down the entire time. He said, the best part of SmackDown had to be when Montez Ford's shoe flew over into another end of the arena. Yeah, that was pretty wild. His shoe just flew right off. He said, I'm not even joking. I thought a shirt flew because how far it got. That's funny. That being in the live arena was awesome. So, my last question to you before we get going here, Thomas. Was the crowd just hot for the entire SmackDown? Because from the get-go, this seemed like an amazing, amazing crowd on television. Please tell me that that's true. And they weren't amping up the crowd by piping in noise. Because this crowd on TV came off as like just a, a out-of-control, unreal crowd. Especially in hour one. Well, no. Both hours, because they, were really, they seemed really good for the main event and Seth versus, versus Edge, which was both hour two as well. But let me know, let me know, let me know. Uh, Warm Hedgehog says, did you hear? They announced that they are making a movie on Netflix featuring The Undertaker and New Day. Yes, and not only is it a movie, it is a Halloween-themed movie, and it is apparently an interactive movie, which is very cool. But SmackDown. SmackDown kicked off with an incredible, amazing, just... I can't say better words about it. A little video about 9-11. It included Vince McMahon's speech from the SmackDown... Two days after 9-11, I want to say. 9-11 happened on a Tuesday. SmackDown Live on Thursday. Yeah. They opened up with a shot of the fans chanting USA. Then we go to commentary. And Pat McAfee's back. And Pat McAfee had to say that he's back. And they're in Madison Square Garden, baby. No, that's not what he said. He said, we're in Madison Square Garden, baby. He had to throw in a baby. This motherfucker. So we get, in my opinion, one of the best opening segments to a wrestling show, like a weekly televised wrestling show in a very, very long time. Roman Reigns, Bloodline, the Usos, even Paul Heyman all come out to the ring after they entered. And, and, and Roman got a pretty good pop. But then when they entered and got down into the ring... Fans erupted in booze, but still some faint Roman chants. Reigns pointed out that the WWE runs New York City and the Bloodline runs WWE. Therefore, Roman Reigns runs New York City and Madison Square Garden. And the fans don't like that at all. They boo heavy. Reigns then demanded, you acknowledge me. And at first... The fans gave a mixed reaction here. Then he broke out in a loud Roman chant. And Pat goes, well, this crowd here in Madison, Madison Square Gardens. Well, and what did he say? He said, well, this crowd here in Madison Square Garden is acknowledging our tribal chief. And I'm like, boy, is Roman Reigns not just the best heel in all pro wrestling right now. Roman Reigns 
is the best heel in all of pro wrestling. And Pat McAfee goes, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is the best in the world right now. And I I was so waiting for Pat to do a, and that's the real number one wrestler right there, to, to take a jab at the PWI 500. But he didn't. He didn't. Because like, right when he was, right when he called Roman Reigns like the best in, in, in like the best ever or whatever, he he paused. He goes, he goes, that ladies and gentlemen is the 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 best ever to do this or something like that. And all of a sudden we hear it, and the crowd goes wild. Out comes Brock Lesnar. This man looked like a lumberjack that just got off the farm in Saskatchewan, parked his tractor, cut down a tree, and said, all right, now I'm ready to beat some ass. I'm pissed. And he got to cut his own promo. Brock Lesnar got to cut his own promo. Brock jumps up into the ring and went face-to-face with the tribal chief, the big dog, the universal champion, Roman Reigns. Uh, War Hedgehog says Pat McAfee is using the CM Punk best in the world line. Not He's not using that because CM Punk. Because Pat's been using that since he started on SmackDown with Roman Reigns. He's been calling Roman Reigns the best in the world before there was even a rumor that CM Punk was coming back. So don't even, and I don't know if you are, but don't even try to say that he's saying that because CM Punk. No, no, no. He's just saying that because he thinks Roman Reigns is the best. And Roman Reigns is, in my opinion, number one wrestler in, in the world. There's no one better than Roman Reigns right now. And I know all you marks are going to come at me and say, Kenny Omega's better. He won the PWI 500. Fuck that. Fuck that. Roman Reigns, in my opinion, is a better heel, a better overall pro wrestler, and a better champion than Kenny Omega. You can take that to the bank. Uh, Thomas says, The crowd had the loudest pop, had the lo- most loudest pops for Brock, Edge, and spoiler alert, Demon King. Well, not a spoiler alert because we saw him at the end of the show. Anyways, Brock Lesnar jumps up in the ring, goes face-to-face with Roman Reigns, and the fans go nuts for this face-off. Usos back off. Heyman grabbed the mic and told Lesnar they can go after any belt other than the Universal title. Lesnar then grabbed the mic and asked Heyman, Hey, why didn't you tell Roman that I was going to be at SummerSlam? And the fans reacted big to that. Heyman pleaded with Roman. And was like, Wait, what? You know, but my tribal chief, it's not like that. It, nah, nah. And Roman walks away to another big reaction from the fans. Reigns and the Usos leave. Heyman is in the ring with, with Brock Lesnar. And then he does it. He says, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Paul... Heyman. And for the last 20 years, I have been the advocate for the reigning, defending, undisputed WWE World Heavyweight Champion Brock Lesnar. He has the whole rigmarole, right? Brock don't want to hear it. Brock don't want to hear it at all. Crowd goes wild. 
And Lesnar grabs the mic and goes, Now, Paul, before Roman fires you, I need you to accept my challenge. And Heyman's like, well, what do you mean your challenge? And he goes, well, I want to challenge Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. And the fans broke out in a loud suplex city chant. He starts counting down. He's like, I'm going to give you 10 seconds. Nine, eight, seven. And Heyman refused. Brock grabs him for an F5 before Roman would run back in and rock Lesnar with a Superman punch. He went for a second, but Lesnar caught Roman in an F5 position. The Usos would then run back in and hit Lesnar with two super kicks, but he didn't go down. He recovered and took out the Usos with a double clothesline. Reigns would escape and run away. If I'm not going to, if I didn't say it already, which I'm pretty sure I did, this is the best opening to a pro wrestling show in a very, very, very long time. The crowd was just perfect here. The Brock, Roman, Heyman, Uso stuff was amazing. This is how you open a wrestling show and get people interested in, holy fuck, what else is gonna come? And if I didn't know better, I would have thought somebody other than Vince and Bruce put this show together because this show was on a different level. And this is what not just SmackDown needs to be every week, but Raw as well. And I'm going to say it, and people may not want to hear it. It's easier, I think, to book a show this cool, this great, this much better than Raw. Because I think SmackDown has the better roster. I do. I really do. So in the back, Caleb Braxton tried to interview Roman. He didn't want any of it. He tried to interview the Usos. They didn't want any of it. Heyman that claimed that he didn't actually know that Lesnar was going to be at SummerSlam. And he promised that later, or whenever he's ready, Roman Reigns will give Brock Lesnar an answer. So going forward, we had uh, one, two, three, four, five, ten-man tag. It was King Nakamura, Rick Boogs, the Mysterios, and Big E against Sami Zayn, Dolph Ziggler, Robert Roode, Otis, and Apollo Crews. Commander Aziz and Chad Gable are ringside. And fuck a Sami is wearing Nick's gear. And he goes, I love New York City! But then says, I got a special guest that I'm bringing out here. Watch this match. And it's none other than the Atlanta Hawks, Trey Young. And this crowd is pissed. Utterly pissed. And I'm like, who is booking this show? This is tremendous. You want to get a crowd to hate somebody? You bring out an enemy of their fav- of their favorite basketball team. You bring out fucking Trey Young, who basically shot down the Knicks last year. Oh, oh boy. Trey Young's in the heels corner for all this match, along, like I said, with Commander Aziz and Chad Gable. So the heels had the early advantage when Otis knocked Nakamura off the apron to the floor. He followed this up with a splash in the corner, and the heels isolated Nakamura on their side of the ring. Back from the break, Nakamura rocked Zayn with a with the kick to the head. Ray got the hot tag and hit a cool-looking code red for a near fall, like a real nice snap code red. Everybody then jumped in and started hitting their big moves. Big E... No, yeah, Big E was caught by Robert Roode with a spine buster. Ray then set up for a 6-1-9 on Roode, but Zayn tripped him up. Trey Young then tried to interfere and choke Mysterio with the bottom rope. Fans erupted in booze and then cheered when Trey Young was was uh, ejected. The fans 
Oh, I already read that part. Uh, Ray and Dominic hit double six one nines on Zane, and then Big E hit the big ending to pick up the victory. This match may have not been the greatest of matches, but for what it needed to be, it was fun and super entertaining. And this is what you call a sports entertainment match that works. That's what this was. It was sports entertainment. Everyone hit their big moves. There was the whole um, Trey Young stuff. And it accomplished its goal. And I loved it. I loved this match. It wasn't the best match technically or anything, but it was amazing for what it was. Also, I want to say thank you to DeShadow33, DeShadow underscore 33, in the live chat on Twitch with his Twitch Prime subscription. I really do appreciate that guy. We really do appreciate all the subscriptions and bits and donations and everything. It really helps us keep going here at Pro Wrestling Unlimited. So after the match, Caleb Braxton interviewed Big E. He helped, or he held up the Money in the Bank briefcase. And said, tonight might not be the last time you see him. He said, it doesn't matter if it's Reigns or Bobby Lashley. And he noted he could show up at um, on Monday at Raw. And I go, he ain't coming back later. This is all about Roman and Brock and maybe Finn. He ain't showing up later. WWE aired a second tribute video for 9-11 with quotes from President George W. Bush. WWE then recognized three organizations in the community. Also, I didn't see it on SmackDown, but WWE did post a video later. Lillian Garcia was there to sing the national anthem. So, going forward, we had the contract signing. It was Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch. And this was really good. Really good and different from most WWE contract signings. Again, why I thought, who the fuck is booking this show on A, Vince or Bruce? So, Bianca comes down to the ring to sign the contract. No, Becky. Sonya and Ann and Pierce were in the ring. And Belair noted that she's excited to be in Madison Square Garden. And the fans broke out in a big old chant. EST, EST. EST, EST. Belair mentioned that losing to Lynch in 26 seconds wasn't good, but promised she'd get her title back at Extreme Rules. She signed the contract, and finally out came Becky in a big, flashy red fur coat. She'd been shopping with Seth and some sunglasses. She's trying to really, really heal it up here. Well, the fans gave Lynch a, Lynch a mixed reaction, and when she sat down in the ring, they started chanting for Bianca again with the EST chant. Lynch wondered what would have happened if she, well, what would happen if she doesn't sign the contract? And both Sonya and Adam get this look on their face, like, "What do you mean?" She's like, "Well, what do you mean? What do I mean? What if I don't sign your contract? What happens if I don't sign this contract? Does the match just not happen?" They're like, "Becky." Please sign the contract. Just sign it. She's like, what if I don't? What's going to happen? And they have no answer for her. And Bianca goes, come on. Just sign it. Sign it. Sign it. Sign it. And she got the crowd to chant, sign it. Sign it. Sign it. Sign it. And Lynch goes, no, 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 no. You're not going to do that and get me to do it. Noted that the fans were chanting for her. Or she noted that the fans were always chanting for her even when she was away. Still, she, she'll prove why she's main event Becky. And she goes, 
And I main evented WrestleMania first. And Bianca kind of under her breath is like, yeah, but my match was better. Mine was better. So Lynch noted she left her baby girl at home. But the, the fans favor a flash in the pan like Bianca Belair. She once again broke out in another EST chant. Lynch then finally goes, you know what? Screw it. I'll give you your match. And maybe I'll beat you in 29 seconds or something. We'll see how it goes. Walked off holding the belt, and the crowd booed again. From the back, Shotzi and Knox approached Paul Heyman on their tank and offered him a ride. Kayla interviewed Heyman yet again, because that's the big thing now. Kayla getting on Heyman's nerves. You know that Roman Reigns would watch the Usos retain their titles later on tonight. And then they'll offer a response to Brock Lesnar. Big E then showed up again with the briefcase in Paul's face and he just laughed. WWE then makes a fucking weird-ass announcement. WWE makes this weird announcement. They said, this Monday, on Monday Night Raw, it's all about the WWE champion, Bobby Lashley. And they show Bobby in front of this cool backdrop and looks all, a bunch of lights and stuff. And they're like, and the Viper, Randy Orton. And he's got the same motif behind him and everything. When the two do battle for the WWE Championship this Monday on Raw. And I go, hold up. Wait a minute. Uh-uh. That's not what you announced and set up throughout your entire three-hour broadcast of Monday Night Raw. We had a gauntlet match that opened and closed Raw. That was for a number one contendership for the Raw Tag Team titles. For a match that was supposed to take place next Monday on Raw. You guys even announced Bobby Lashley, Randy Orton, Extreme Rules for the WWE Championship. Look at this, ladies and gentlemen. Now, tag title match. Not on the cards for Raw. WWE title match on the cards for Raw. No longer listed on WWE.com for Extreme Rules. What the hell? I don't know what's going on here. I've reached out, and the person I reached out to that would possibly know anything goes, hey, I was as shocked as you when I saw the commercial. What the hell? Exactly what they said. I was as shocked as you when I saw the commercial. What the hell? So this Monday, we're going to get Bobby Lashley against Randy Orton with the WWE Championship on the line. And while we're at it, WWE... Also announced more matches for Raw. We'll run those down really fast as well. The WWE also did announce for this Monday's Raw. The New Day will join forces with uh, Mustafa Ali and Mansoor to take on the team of AJ Styles, Omos, Mace, and T-Bar. One half of the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions will be in action when Natalia defends against Rhea Ripley. Excuse me. And I think I saw... I thought I saw something about Charlotte versus Shayna announced for Monday. But... I don't see that on social media anymore, so I don't know if that got pulled. 
But as far as WWE's Twitter does go, they did announce. Let me pull it back up here. WWE title match. Eight-man tag. Singles match between Natty and Rhea. So all that's taking place this Monday on Raw. We've already seen them make one big change. Will they make more? Probably. Probably. Go back to SmackDown. Also, uh, Mr. Bangs, draft is supposed to be October 1st, SmackDown, October 4th, Raw. Um, Alexis says it was on Instagram. Well, let's go check that really fast. We to be on Instagram. Bop, 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 bop. All right, so WWE announced on Instagram. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Never mind, never mind. I looked at this wrong. I looked at this wrong. Lashley Orton. Charlotte Shane. Okay. So they announced it on Instagram, but they didn't announce it on Raw. Also, even though he's going to defend his title. This is weird. Even though he's going to defend his title against Sheamus at Extreme Rules, Damian Priest will still be doing a U.S. title open challenge on Monday. Okay. We've got the eight-man tag, and we've got the Natty Rhea match. All right. Cool. <clears throat> So all that has been announced for this Monday's Monday Night Raw. We'll see, like I said, if any of that changes. Good chance it's going to change if they already changed, like, the biggest match announced going into the show. And if there's any changes made, we'll figure out why. Probably won't, but we'll try. We'll try. Going forward back to SmackDown. We had a, a hell of a match that went 24 and a half minutes. And I want to know from you guys in the chat, because I'm on the fence about this, was Seth and Edge tonight better than Seth and Edge at SummerSlam? I kind of think it might have been. I kind of think it might have been. These two just had an all-time classic. With the big injury angle at the end, that most likely was setting up for Edge to take some time off. Because he's a pre he's a part-timer. He ain't here all the time. Who's the match goes? Who's the match starts? Loud Edge chant from the crowd. Edge went after Rollins' arm, but Rollins escaped. Edge got a side headlock in, and Rollins escaped again and hit a dropkick to the leg. Michael Cole noted that Rollins is attacking Edge's leg, and not the neck. Edge dropped Rollins on the middle turnbuckle and sent him shoulder first into the ring post. Rollins dragged Edge out of the ring and threw him into the barricade. Edge fought back and went for a spear off the apron. Um, Rollins connected with a knee, and the fads broke into a brief let's go Edge chant. Rollins set Edge uh, back to the floor and hit a suicide dive. Back from the break, Rollins hit a springboard knee for a near fall. He slowed the pace down a little bit, working over Edge's arm. Edge tried to fight back, but Rollins attacked the leg. Rollins followed this up with a terrible-looking glam slam, and Rollins decided, you know what? I'm just going to do it again, and this one looked a lot better. Got a near fall off of it. Edge went for a DDT, and Rollins escaped. Rollins went for a pedigree, and Edge escaped. Edge then hit the pedigree and got a close near fall off of it. Fans then broke out and allowed You Still Got It chant. You still got it. You still got it. Edge would then follow this up with a crossbody off the top rope 
to the floor below. Holy hell. After a commercial break, Edge hit a full Nelson slam and got a two off of it. Edge climbed to the top rope, but Rollins tried to cut him off. Edge fought back and knocked Rollins down. Rollins went for a cross, a cross face and Edge reversed. Rollins then made it to the ropes and broke the hold. Edge then went for a spear, but Rollins reversed into a neck breaker. Rollins attempted to stomp, and Edge hit a sit-out powerbomb for a close near fall. Edge went for a superplex, and Rollins slipped out and hit a buckle bomb. He don't hit many of them buckle bombs anymore. Rollins then went for the stomp again, and Edge hit the spear for a very, very close near fall. Edge then went for the crossface, but Rollins backed the referee into the corner. He then caught Edge with a low blow behind the referee's back. Rollins followed this up with a series of super kicks. The fans erupted in loud boos. Rollins then yelled at Edge, Why won't you die? Before hitting him with a super kick and a stomp to pick up the victory. Immediately after the match ends, the referee's checking on Edge. Edge is basically motionless in the ring, and Seth's almost about to go comatose. He's got this look on his face like, I don't know what I just did. I don't know what just came over me. What the hell's going on? Come back from break. Edge is being wheeled through the back on a stretcher. You got Ray Mysterio there. You got Sonya Deville. You got Adam Pierce. They're all Ray or Edge. You're gonna be okay. Edge is gonna be okay. We're gonna take you to the doctor. We're gonna take you to the, the medical facility, the hospital. Blah blah blah. Edge mentions Beth as they put him into the ambulance. Says something about Beth. I heard the word, the name Beth, but I didn't catch anything else that he said. The ambulance closes. The ambulance leaves, and all of a sudden, cameras pan off of Adam and Sonya. And there's Seth. Random blonde announce girl that I don't remember ever seeing before. Asked Seth about what just happened here in this match and what he did. And Seth's like, what happened here? This match? How I feel? How should I feel? What, what, what's going on? I don't know what happened here. I don't know what I did. What, how I should feel. I might not feel anything at all. And then he just walks off. Very weird. Very weird, but interesting. In the back, Roman gave the Usos a little bit of a pep talk before their upcoming title defense. Usos promised to retain their titles and make the family proud. Reigns then noted they saved Heyman and wanted to know why he didn't tell him that Brock was at SummerSlam. And not, he didn't say, I didn't know. He just didn't give Roman an answer. Unlike with Kayla earlier, where he said, I really didn't know that Brock was there. He just didn't give Roman an answer, which was very interesting. We got a third 9-11 tribute video package. Quotes from pro former president Barack Obama. Then we had our main event. And boy, was this match good, but it had a shitty finish. Well, the fans were really into this match until the finish. And then they went nuts again for the final angle. End the show. Montez Ford hit a drop kick on Jimmy Uso right at the bell. Ford knocked Jay off the apron, but Jimmy took the advantage and hit a suicide dive. Back from the break, the Street Profits were firmly in control. The Usos briefly isolated Angelo Dawkins and cut him off from his corner. Dawkins fought back and sent the Usos to the floor. Ford then hit a huge dive and wiped out the Usos like this dive was amazing. And Thomas said it was a great dive, so it looked good in the live to the live crowd because I was thinking, you know, this dive looked 
fantastic, but they shot it in a way to make it look better than it was. But if Thomas is saying that it was a great dive, then I'm going to take his word for it. Because WWE shot it in a way where the camera was down low and looking up. And when you shoot like that, you're always doing that to make things look bigger and higher than they really are. It's called a forced perspective. So the way this was shot, it made this look like he cleared that top rope by six feet, which he may have. Commentary even stated that he got higher than anybody else has ever gotten jumping over the top rope. And Montez Ford is great because he does this dive where he jumps over the top rope and he hits the apex where he's as high as he's going to get. High as he's going to get. But he keeps going forward before he tucks and hits the senton part to flip it forward. Like This guy is amazing. Thomas says it was indeed a good dive. So back from the break, the Street Profits are firmly in control. The Usos briefly cut Angelo Dawkins off on their side of the ring. Dawkins though fought back and sent the Usos to the floor. Oh, I already read that whole paragraph. Never mind. So Mont Montez Ford hits the big dive, wipes out the Usos. Reigns and Paul Heyman all end up making their way out to the ring. Thunderous boos from the crowd. As they come back from a break, Jay went for a Samoan drop. Dawkins countered with a twisting neckbreaker. Ford hit a flying crossbody on Jimmy for a near fall. Ford then rocked Jay with a super kick and lost his shoe in the process. Ford then tossed the shoe in the air and hit a blockbuster on Jimmy for a near fall. And this was another great move where Montez Ford's got some fucking hang time because he did this blockbuster where he runs, jumps, almost freezes in midair upside down, and then completes the rotation on the blockbuster. This was a fantastic. This man is athletic as hell. Fans then broke out in a chant. They were chanting, one shoe, one shoe, one shoe, one shoe. As Pat McAfee's going nuts that this guy's running around with one shoe on. He's got to be off balance or something. Ford then, like I said, hit the blockbuster. Oh, no, he hit, a, he hit the blockbuster on Jimmy off Dawkins' shoulders for a very close near fall. So he needed another blockbuster. Dawkins then avoided Jay, but Jimmy caught him with a super kick. Ford then took Jay out of the ring, and Dawkins rolled up Jimmy. Jay caught Dawkins with another super kick, and Jimmy followed this up with a super kick of his own, and Jay hit the splash for a very, very close two. Street Profits fought back, and Ford hit a big-ass frog splash. As the Street Profits seemingly had the match won with the referee not paying attention, Roman would run in, because the referee briefly wasn't paying attention. Roman would run in, attack, Cause the DQ, eh, we get no finish. Probably get a rematch at Extreme Rolls. Roman grabs Montez Ford and locks him in the guillotine. Roman then grabs the mic and says that I accept Brock Lesnar's challenge. I'm going to smash him after I smash Finn Balor. All of a sudden, the lights go out. Red lights appear, and we hear the thong-thong. Thong-thong. Smoke. Starts to fill up Madison Square Garden. And Pat McAfee loses his shit. Cole, is this what I think it is? Cole, is he here? We saw the tease last week. And Michael Cole goes, yes, Pat. In fact, this is what you think it is. And then we hear it. The music plays. And out comes the demon. Pat McAfee loses his shit. The crowd inside Madison Square Garden loses their shit. 
then he gets in the ring, doesn't say a word, and just goes face-to-face with Roman. Roman looks at him, and the show goes off the air with a stare-down between the demon Finn Balor and the Universal Champion Roman Reigns. Hold up. Thomas says, during commercial, the Street Profits and the Usos were just hugging the whole time. Like, in the middle of the match, like, they stopped wrestling. I need you to elaborate on that one, bud. Like, in the middle of the match, they just stopped wrestling and hugged? Or was this after the match? Like, when the show went off the air or something? I'm confused as all hell. Thomas also says, um, I did lose my shit. I popped hard for this. Oh, everyone did. I said, yeah. What the hell? I'm going to need to see if someone got video of that. Because that's weird. Like you said, it was really weird and didn't get it. I don't, it was weird and I don't get it either. What the hell? That's, that, I don't get that. But with that guy's that, it was Friday Night Smackdown. Um, Warm, Warm Hedgehog says, who do you think is going to be the next match for John Cena after he films his newer movie? I don't know. I've, from what I've heard, Cena is done for the rest of the year. Cena's got multiple movies down the pipeline. John Cena. Because I can tell you exactly what movies Cena has coming up. He said they just stopped wrestling and started hugging for most of the commercial. That's very weird. Very weird. As far as John Cena goes, from what I've been told, he's done for the rest of the year. Maybe wrestles on the 26th. At Madison Square Garden, if he's free, that's what they're hoping. But as far as John Cena and his movie schedule does go, Cena has a few movies in uh, production and stuff right now. Because he's got Peace Walker, which I think is done, minus reshoots. If they have to do reshoots, they can still go back for that. He's got Argyle, which he's got to go through the UK to film. And he's also doing a movie produced by The Rock called The Jansen Directive. I don't know when that movie is supposed to start filming, but it is in pre-production right now, and he's the lead. So he's got Peace Walker, Argyle, and The Jansen Directive. But that was Friday Night SmackDown. I absolutely loved tonight's Friday Night SmackDown. I thought this show was great. WWE, please give us more of this. Like, what the hell? But with that, you know what I thought of SmackDown? Now let's check the polls. As far as the Twitch poll does go, 71% of you liked tonight's SmackDown, 14% thought it was alright, and 14% didn't like it. As far as the YouTube poll does go, 88% liked tonight's SmackDown. 8% 8% thought it was alright, and 4% did not like it. You 4% that did not like it, you're nuts. I can see maybe saying it was alright. Because you may not like the 10-man tag. You may not have liked the Roman Reigns cost Street Profits at the end. I can see all that, but to say that it was anything worse than just alright, you guys are way off. Thomas also says, when Cena came out, the crowd popped hard for Cena, but with a dark match, it was mixed and even a this is boring for the six-man tag. Yeah. Well, let's check the text messages. Remember, if you want to be part of the show, 
you can do so by texting in to 510-906-1341. Again, that's 510-906-1341. Um, this person says, I actually, this might be you, Thomas. Did you send a text message about being a SmackDown, saying I actually attended SmackDown at Madison Square Garden. It was my first wrestling event I attended since 2019. I believe that's you, because this is everything you've been saying in the chat. So I'm going to skip your text message, since we basically already went over all of this in the live chat. Um, this text message says, what do you think about SmackDown tonight? Do you see any WWE superstars, WWE sign with the company and leave anytime? I have no clue what you're asking. I think you're saying... Do you see um, anybody leaving anytime soon? Possibly Kevin Owens in January. Chris says, I really enjoy the crowd acknowledging Roman Reigns and the bloodline. Also, Pat McAfee showed me they still untouchable on commentary. Oh, yeah. Pat McAfee is the number one wrestling commentator in the world. Um, Chris says, Seth Rollins seemed upset and lost after the match. Do you think this is going to lead to a face turn, possibly a collision with Reigns later on. Well, I don't know because we have been told here at Pro Wrestling Unlimited that one of the plans for the draft is to move Becky to Raw. And if you move Becky, you would assume her husband goes with her. So if Seth moves to Raw, he and Roman ain't clashing anytime soon. Seth seemed really pissed off tonight. Can't even believe the fucking audacity of breaking Edge's neck like a twig. Wish would someone should have give him a... Okay, not going to read that one. Because this is a storyline, guy. This isn't real. Someone says, it's probably a stupid question, but do you think AJ Styles and or Finn Balor will be all elite and possibly join the elite? I don't know. This is a tough one. I don't know about Finn because I don't know what Finn's deal is. A lot of times when someone comes up from NXT, they sign a new contract. Yet, Finn is somebody that went from the main roster back to NXT and back to the main roster. So I don't know how all that's working and when his current deal is up. As far as AJ goes, I think AJ's deal is up next year. Will AJ leave? That's a very tough one to, to try and gauge because AJ did state that he thinks that his current run is his final before he retires. Or at least is a very on a very limited basis. So, I don't know. And we know that in 2019, after AEW started, he had talks with the Young Bucks about going to AEW and didn't do it. Now, granted, that's a com it's a completely different company now. AEW. So, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Again, it's too hard to judge because you don't know when both guys' contracts are up and anything can happen to sway them either way. With Owens, though, I think it's a pretty good chance that he leaves. Or says, how do you think WWE will book Demon Balor versus Roman? And do you think Ali and Mansoor will be the next Gable and Otis since Ali is pushing Mansoor to be more aggressive? Possibly. I think that's what's eventually going to happen. That Mansoor is eventually going to try and be nice too many times to where he's going to snap. As far as Roman and Balor, that's a tough one because the Demon should not lose 
but Roman shouldn't be dropping that title to Finn, especially if he's going to defend it against Brock right after. So, I, if I was booking it, I kind of would want Finn to win, to be completely honest, even though it makes no sense with the Brock stuff. Um, this person says, the reason the WWE title is happening on Raw is because of the NFL. Well, they knew the NFL was coming back next week, last week. Well, I don't know why you're trying to justify that. It's not like all of a sudden they go, well, next Monday's Monday Night Football. We forgot all about it. We didn't know. No, they know when Monday Night Football starts. That's why they probably booked the big tag title match. I don't see why the, the WWE title match, in theory you would think the WWE title match is going to be bigger than the, the tag title match. But it's still the same fucking guys. Plus you're adding Riddle if you do the tag title. So I don't know. Which says, so would Adam Cole be heel or babyface? And do you see Brian dethroning Omega? No, I don't see Brian o Danielson dethroning Omega because I want Adam Cole to dethrone Omega. And it depends on how you do it with Adam Cole. If it's Adam Cole by himself, babyface. But if somehow they can get Fish and O'Reilly, you get them tweeners when they're sometimes heels and sometimes babyfaces, more babyfaces than heels. I think WWE... I mean, AEW basically brings in Undisputed Era. I don't know when Adam or Kyle O'Reilly's deal is up, but they can get Bobby Fish. He's released from WWE. They've got Adam Cole. Give me Undisputed Era in the fucking All Elite Wrestling. Undisputed Era, Cole, Fish, and O'Reilly against the Elite, Omega, and the Bucks. You thought the Bucks and FTR were good. You thought the Bucks... And Santana and Ortiz would be good. You thought the Bucks and the Lucha Brothers were good. People forget how great of a tag team Red Dragon is. Like, they were good. Fish and O'Reilly were really, 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 really good in WWE and in NXT. But I feel like they were actually better in ROH and New Japan. And PWG and all that. So if, if somehow AW can get Kyle O'Reilly... Like, if they can get Kyle O'Reilly, you know Tony's going to be calling up Bobby Fish and go, I need you. I need you. So, it, I swear to God, that's one of the greatest tag teams in, the, in this generation. Like, in my opinion, the greatest tag teams of this generation, from 2010 to 2020, the Young Bucks, the New Day, the Usos, Red Dragon. Young Bucks, Usos, New Day, Red Dragon. Or like the top four tag teams of this, this last generation, the last decade. So, very interesting. Very interesting stuff going on. But with that, guys, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And twitter.com forward slash PWUnlimited. Remember, you can follow us on social media. Facebook.com forward slash Pro Wrestling ULTD. Follow us on Instagram by searching for Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And follow us on Twitter. Oh, if you're already not watching there, PWUnlimited. But with that, guys, have a great night. Have a great weekend. We'll be back live on Monday to talk about Monday Night Raw. I got a busy weekend ahead of me. With that, guys, have a great night. Have a great weekend. And I'll see you next time.